0: Yeah, what it do I'm in with the crew, new. I thought you knew, thought I was falling off. Blessings keep on falling through. Oh don't panic, dog. Grow a book. I can't lose. No, I
1: can't lose. Yo, what's good, Knicks fans? I am so focused. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Knicks Take Podcast. This is episode 73. And this is a weekly podcast where we bring you the biggest
0: Knicks news of the week. Make sure to follow us on our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram,
1: TikTok, and
0: Twitter slash X by searching for the Knicks Take.
1: Also, make sure you check us out at our website, knickstake.com, with a lot of new stuff coming soon, hopefully. And lastly, if you love what you hear, please subscribe to whatever platform you're
0: watching or listening to us on. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, the notification bell. But most importantly, share this with any Knicks fans who might enjoy the show. And now the show.
1: All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, this week, you y'all, i decided that we should talk about... the Something that our uncle, we, I said a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, or uncle maybe it was Ian. three weeks. Yeah, he was like, you guys are jumping the gun. So I said, all right, you know what? After this week, maybe we should jump the gun just a little bit. I'll probably, you know, you like to jump the gun a little bit, so I'm going push that over to you. So that's that was originally supposed to be the topic of the week. It I'm just going to say the same things I've been saying. It probably still will be the topic of the week, but... As we will uh, talk about later, um, I'm coming from the Miami Heat game and there was some big news in that game in regards to one Julius Randle. So we're also going to make that a topic as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, we are going to discuss the, the games, the week's games. The Knicks played the Brooklyn Nets, the Denver Nuggets, the champion Denver Nuggets and the Eastern Conference finalist Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. Uh, which that game was earlier today. We're going to recap those briefly, review those games to give you the important uh, segments of those games. And after the top, after that, the topics of the week, and then we're going to preview the upcoming games next week. So now let us get to the game against the Brooklyn Nets. First game of the week, the Knicks played
0: their home away from home, playing against the Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, I can run through this real quick just because, you know, nobody really cared about the Brooklyn Nets.
1: What you about to say? We played little brother, um, the second stepchild. Yes, the second New York team. Not even, New, it's not even really a New York team, it's a Brooklyn team. But anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. The Jersey team. Right. Jersey Nets. Formerly the New Jersey Nets. Who
0: has Macau Bridges on their team who hit a career high seven three pointers in his game, mm-hmm. scored 36 points for the Nets. But it just wasn't enough because Oops. they blew a, du- a double digit lead in that fourth quarter. And I'm not going to lie, Brooklyn did play with an edge for most of this game, but in that fourth quarter, the the Knicks just shut the water off, played some phenomenal defense Mm -hmm. to close the game out in Barclays to some very loud Knicks cheers, if you remember. Yeah. And there was just a—the main play that I think about when I think about this game was when the Knicks just shut the water off and Brunson was blocked, Mm -hmm. there was a fast break opportunity with OG Ananobi— Josh Hart and Precious Achua, mm-hmm. and it looked like it could have been a, a, a foul or an one free throw kind of situation, but instead, Josh Hart got the first block. They The, the Nets got the rebound, Precious Achua and O.G. Ananobi's back, and they got the second block leading out to another fast break where Jalen Brunson catches it and dishes it off to Randall for a two-hand dunk. That made the the crowd go crazy. And then the very next play, Josh Hart gets like a, it, it was a, it was an and-one layer, but they didn't call a foul, mm-hmm. if you understand what I'm saying. And that pretty much just tied that game up. I mean, not tied the game up, but sealed the game up for the Knicks in. Jalen Brunson had another game finishing with 30 points. MVP chance on the road.
1: Uh, what was your thoughts when you was watching this game? My thoughts is that was a lot of analysis for a bum-ass team that we really uh, <laughs> went into the game thinking... It, we we're, we're not losing this game. It wasn't a blowout and though. It was not a blowout. I will give Brooklyn this kind of this credit. Um, I was a little a little scared going into the fourth quarter. I was like, hold on, we we don't have we haven't put this away yet. Like, what's no. going on? This is the Brooklyn Nets. Like, they don't got nobody. McCall Bridges, who's been he's been playing better recently, but it's like he he's had not have had a great season. He's going off, knocking down threes and all that stuff. I mean, the Nets are 17 and 27 right now they are 10 games under 500 the Knicks are more than 10 games over 500 it shouldn't have been that close um but yeah I would have probably wrapped this game up a little bit faster um because they're not good (laughs) (laughs) they're just not good
0: as you can see when we lost to Dallas you can lose to any team on any night. That's
1: different. So, Dallas is not ten games under five hundred. They do not have more losses than wins. And they, still got they have players, though they have two of the top twenty players in the league on their team, whereas McCall Bridges might be top forty. Don't matter. Is he better than Julius? Is he better than Jalen Brunson? Who's top forty on Utah? We lost to Utah. Anybody can lose on any given night. Got to give them respect. Is Utah ten games under five hundred? No, they are not. So anyway, <laughs> moving right along. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we uh, blew out. Well, not excuse me, not blew out. We we put the break, uh, beat the brakes off of Brooklyn. Um, made them Made them made them feel like uh, they were in the Garden with all of the Knicks' chants and the cheering and the MVP chants for Jalen Brunson and. Uh, yeah, we just said, all right, this is our home. We went from that to facing off against Nikola Jokic. Well, uh, I didn't even
0: say this final score. Knicks oh, won 108-103. Yes. Randle had 30 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Another great performance from him. 30 for 30 from Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall. All right, now you can move on to the next game. <laughs> the, the the real exciting
1: game of the week, I felt like. Was it? Was it the real? It was the. It was the game that... It was the we defending looked champions. forward to, but also feared the most, heading into the game. Okay. Right? Yeah. No. Um, no we,
0: we is strong. I wasn't feared. We swept them last year. We did sweep them last year. And I called the streak during this stretch right here. Okay. So. I
1: will say it. I feared them. And then the day of the game, I listened to some podcasts, and I realized, oh, wait a minute. Denver is coming into this game in the garden. Um. Mm-hmm at the end of a five-game road trip where they faced off against the Celtics and the Sixers. And um, who else did they play? I think they played the Jazz. They played another decent team. No, it wasn't the Jazz. It was another Eastern Conference team. They played another decent team besides those two. And then they finish it off against the New York Knicks, the one of the most, the Pacers. They they finish it off against uh, one of the toughest teams in the league, a a team that plays hard all the time, who doesn't mind being physical, who doesn't mind, you know, shoulder checking you a little bit. You know what I mean? That's who you finishing off your road trip against in the Eastern Conference, and you're a Western Conference team? We're winning this one. (laughs) And win this one we did. uh,
0: I'm not going that far. Go they ahead. Say the speaking, first speaking. team to beat Boston at home. Right. And that's what in I said Boston. last week.
1: That's what I said last week. And, and I they this went a, out,
0: won two straight games after that before they came to face the Knicks. They had momentum on their side, too. I'm not going to say it's just because it's the fifth game on the road trip. We just got this one in the bag. They've been beating everybody else.
1: We call this a schedule loss. Right? You can't win every— Like, even if you're the Boston Celtics, one of the best teams in the league, they have— a great net rating they have one of the best offensive uh none of the best offenses in the, in the in the league they have one of the best defenses in the league um it's not you can't win all your games right what's the record 13 13 the golden state warriors lost 13 games in a season um and it might even be less than that, right? You can't Nine. win. You can't you can't go undefeated in NBA season and there's reason schedule losses are there for a reason, right? You go through a tough trip where you play four, five, six, seven games on the road in a row, and the last game is one of the toughest ones. You don't have any really, you have maybe one easy game in your stretch. This is this is i'm just gonna say this. If there was a game that the Knicks sh- could most likely beat the champion Denver Nuggets if the Denver Nuggets take the game seriously. If there was a game where the Knicks would win that game, it would be this one. Because they're coming in tired. They're coming in off of a plane uh, after they just faced off against one of the teams in the league that just goes up and down the court all the time in the Indiana Pacers. And they faced off against Boston in a hard-fought game against Boston. They faced off against Philly. Like, I don't Am I surprised that we blew them out 122 to 84? Damn near 40 points. A damn near 40 point blowout win over the champion Denver Nuggets? Like, I'm not really surprised because uh you thought on it? Hold on. Did when you watched this game, did you believe that Denver Nuggets played as as good as they could possibly play?
0: I feel like they started off with the same intensity that they started for every other game, and then yes, the Knicks they just punched them out of it, and they weren't ready to match that intensity.
1: See, and this is why I said that you. Uh, this is why I said you are the um, one who jumps the gun. <laughs> uh, I don't think that I don't think that this is a. Um, how should I put this? I don't think that the Denver Nuggets. If they were like very well rested, if they came into this game with two days rest, three days rest, I don't think they get blown out by damn near forty points. Do I think that the Knicks could still win that game because they're so good now? Because they are um, they are good on offense and on defense. Yeah, I think they could still win that game. I'm not. I'm not saying that it would have automatically been a a, a a loss to the Denver Nuggets because we've since we've traded for OG and Anobi, um, the Knicks have just shown to be very good. But putting that aside, I, you have to also look at the the facts going into the game, which is this was the last game of a road stretch. They're probably tired and they're just coming off of a plane. They're probably tired of all the plane trips and all that stuff. They just played three tough teams, three of three teams that are above 500. You got to kind of factor that in too. I do think that the Knicks could have still won this game because they are that good, but like, I'm saying to you, don't jump the gun because of this. Are you jumping the gun? Do you think that uh, they could have done this regardless of whether it was in Denver or if this was regardless of rest, they think that they were still blowing them up by 38 points? I'm not saying they're going to blow them up by 38 <laughs> points regardless, but... That's all I'm saying.
0: This is the best team that we've had in the last 20 years. And they showed just how good they are by coming into this game on a winning streak and showing that even the defending champions aren't going to get, like, just an easy road win when it comes to New York. And they just showed that they prepared for this team, showed that they were ready for the challenge, mm-hmm. set the tone from the first quarter, and never looked back. This was a wire-to-wire win. And OG Ananobi had his best game of the season, it felt like to me.
1: I know it it was it was his best offensive game, and he had six steals. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he had twenty six points at six steals. He was a plus thirty eight. Jalen Brunson didn't have to do much; only scored twenty one. The only time like he scored like thirty points for like however many games straight, Mm -hmm. and he didn't even have to go past twenty one in this game because we was smoking them after the first half. But what's different about that from the Philly game? Because that, that's what game remind,
0: reminded me of this one the most was the Philly game because 100%. it didn't seem like Denver ever gave up until like halfway through the third quarter where it seemed like every time that they were about to get into a rhythm to do something, OG and Anobi get to steal in a fast break dunk and it's just like, all right, this game is over. We're not going to match the intensity. Um, This
1: one's worked up. I didn't really dig too much into the Philly game. um. I just kind of was like, you know how I think I went, I think I left that game like, okay, like Embiid didn't really have it. Um and he also is it's probably a tough matchup when it comes to Philly. Um and also Embiid, like uh, the 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 statistical dominance that he's had this season, it didn't really hit me going into that game. And since then, I've been following Embiid. And it's like, you know what? That was a really good win. So I haven't dug into the why the Knicks blew them out the way that I did into this Denver Nuggets team. Mostly because Denver Nuggets are the defending champions, whereas Embiid has not made it past the second round. Um, So it was not as important to me to, to really delve into the Philadelphia 76ers. With that said, I should have done it and I probably will do that after this podcast. Um, you are right. This does remind me of the Philadelphia 76ers game. We blew. We gave them the worst loss of their season, just like we just did to the Denver Nuggets. And this is the worst loss of Nikola Jokic's career. Yep. Um, that is the... Those two are the last three MVP winners of the NBA, and we spanked them like... We're the best team. Like we're we're the defending champions. Like we had the MVP. Like it, It's a really good win. It's a really good win. Um, but I like to be measured and not jump the gun. Okay. Um. And we'll go into the dump, jump the gun conversation. Okay, but I'm done. I'm. I, I, oh, let me give Grimes and Deuce McBride their their. Uh, their props. Deuce McBride had 13 points, was four for five from three. He shooting 50% from beyond the three point line. And Grimes had 19 points, five rebounds, looked very comfortable out there. And now I'm done with the Denver Nuggets. A really great win for the New York Knicks. I said good, but that's kind of underselling it. Nikola Jokic is probably the best player in the NBA and didn't really mean much. We poked him in the eye in the second quarter. He came back in the second half and still was play- having an amazing game. Still, Like, easily hit 20 plus points over, just did everything. And it didn't really matter because we were already blowing him out. So, yeah,
0: he finished with 31 and 11, came into the night shooting 60 something percent from three, and he's a seven foot big man. So, that's just, that's why it's always been impressive to me. Um, Because no one outside of this superstar talent never contributed to this game because they weren't really allowed to. This was just a runaway. The Knicks won one twenty-two to eighty-four, mm-hmm. and I think I'm ready to go into this next game. What about you? I'm ready. <laughs> Miami came into New York rematch from the second round of the playoffs, and I was there. You was there physically. Our mother was there. She's also in the studio today. Hey, ma. <laughs> and Miami started off early. They got a, a nice lead to start the game. I think they was up like 11 or something.
1: They were up, it was either 9 or 11, but they they were up a significant portion and it had me a little like, how, how are we starting off like this? Yeah,
0: it was just a rugged game to start off. Then Josh Hart comes in. Real rugged. Immediately impacts the game positively. He had a fast break dunk early in the second quarter that changed the momentum. Mm-hmm. The very next play, Deuce McBride cut back door for a, a, another wide open dunk. This gave the Knicks a one-point lead. And the defensive intensity from this game was really like an Easter conference game. Felt like a 90s Knicks kind of game to be watching on ABC again. OG and Anobi attempted a dunk that was blocked. Yep. Gave the uh, the Heat back their momentum for a little while. Yep. Tibbs immediately called the timeout. Um, every time it seemed like the Knicks would go up 13 points, it seemed like the Heat would hit a 3 cut it to 10 points, cut it to 4 points, 5 points. Then the Knicks would just come right back, go on another run, set it back up to 10 points. It was like it was was one of those kinds of games. He wasn't really kind of sure what the outcome was going to be, but the Knicks went up, held the double-digit lead going up into the third quarter, pretty much held it throughout the fourth, and Julius Randle added 19 points and 9 rebounds before he went down late in the fourth quarter on a fast break layup. Jaime Haquez tried to set a charge and...
1: <laughs> he tried, he tried to get in front of him recklessly when they were already losing by... What were they losing by, like, twenty sixteen? 16? They were losing by a lot. They weren't winning this game. It was clear that they were not going to win this game. There was not really anything that they could do about it. And um, he was just like, yeah, I'm just going to pretend like I'm going to charge. Yeah, it was nasty. But it wasn't really trying to get take a charge. So can we talk about how the Miami Heat is probably one of the dirtiest teams if not the dirtiest team in the NBA? I think that there is not a coincidence that every time we play them, except for the first game this season unless I remember I'm forgetting an injury from that game. Every time we play the Miami Heat, somebody's getting hurt. Julius Randle twerk twerk twerked. Twerk, twerk. Julius Randle twerked his ankle. <laughs> Julius Randle tweaked his ankle and sprained his ankle in the regular season, put him out for however long last at the end of the season last year. Correct. That was the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. We faced them in the playoffs. They take out Emmanuel quickly. Yep. And now they took out Julius Randle again. And these are not the only players that they've taken out for for significant stretches doing some BS um, that they probably shouldn't do. Quentin Grimes damn near got hurt on a on a Bam out of bio pick in that same playoffs. Right before he stole it from Jimmy anyway. And remember how uh, Jimmy Butler was was it Jimmy who who somebody was standing on Jalen Brunson's foot in the in the same playoffs. Damn. What can the NBA like <laughs> find them or like? I can't just be us seeing this, right? Like they are definitely dirty, doing bullish, and. I see they suspended Draymond Green indefinitely for for for. for why is the Miami Heat? Why? Because they got heat culture, quote unquote. And bum ass Miami Heat. That's why they' about to be at five hundred. Um, anyway, sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Well, no, nah, you just reminded <laughs> me. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was saying
0: how oh, the Knicks culture is basically the new Heat culture.
1: Nah, we better because we don't have to resort to 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 dirty tactics and injuring players in order to be good. But sorry, well, go ahead. No, nah, I was
0: just saying. The Heat culture basically is Knicks culture because Pat Riley left the Knicks to go to Miami in the 90s and Thibodeau was on that coaching staff and now that he basically just brought back the 90s Knicks that him and Pat Riley was on the same coaching staff for. Am I bugging?
1: I refuse to give Pat Riley any props. It ain't
0: props. He stole it. He stole the formula and went to Miami with it. So is it really Heat culture?
1: Do you, are you... I was trying to make this a rhetorical question. Listen, <laughs> Pat Riley is one of the best coaches or was one of the best coaches in the NBA. He won titles with the Lakers. He won a title or he didn't win a title with the Knicks, but he brought the Knicks uh relevancy and brought them almost to the to the championship several times. Um He's a snake, and he went to Miami, and and uh, yeah, that's what I got. F Pat Riley. Um, anyway, and shout uh, out to
0: Tibbs. Yeah, and Jeff Van Gundy.
1: Yeah, they're all the the Tibbs and Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy was he was one of the not he wasn't the first coach coach after Pat Riley, but he was one of he was one one of his assistants, and he brought the Knicks back to that same dominance defensively uh, that Pat Riley did. And Tom Thibodeau was also an assistant coach um, under under Pat Riley. Um, yeah, yeah, they're related. There's some relation there. You could you could go you could uh look look at the roots, you could look back at the history and be like, yeah, okay. It all kind of comes together. But um why why are we talking about Pat Riley? Like fuck Pat Riley <laughs> for real. Um <laughs>
0: Well, we can talk about Jalen Brunson. He had 32 points and eight assists this game. Led the Knicks to another nice victory to close out this six-game winning streak. OG and Anobi had 19 points and two steals. Knicks win 125 to 109 today. And Yeah. On a six-game win streak, how you feeling?
1: I have a headache. And I don't know if I have a headache because I had a few drinks before the game. I don't know if I have a headache because uh, I am full of joy that we only have two losses in the year 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, One of them without Jalen Brunson. I don't know if I have a headache because Julius Randle dislocated his shoulder on that uh, a charge attempt. And um, we may be without our second biggest player, second best player for at least a month. Could be for the rest of the season. I'm not going that far. Um, but it's very, very conflicted. It's very conflicted to come right after that game, see him get hurt, and we still are waiting. I'm I, If you guys are watching the YouTube and you see me keep checking my phone, I'm checking to see if there's any more updates. Because uh, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, I think I said that right, uh, reported okay, he has a dislocated shoulder. They ran some x rays on his shoulder, came back negative. They don't have, they said there's not much damage, whatever the hell that means, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna give him some MRIs tonight. Based on what is found in the MRI, will give us the timeline for Julius Randall return. And I should pull it up if I can. Give me a few minutes while I try to look for this thing. Um, but there was a tweet from somebody who is, you know, knowledgeable about sports injuries. I don't think I'm going to find it in time, and I don't want to. But what was the, what did, what did they say? I'm about to tell you. Um... Basically, a nondescript dislocation of the shoulder can take three to four weeks to recover from. Nondescript for those of us who are uh, without a dictionary. I'll give you my uh, opinion on what that means. It means we don't know the extent of the injury. There's no description. Oh, that makes sense. Right? Oh, well, somebody I seen somebody on Twitter ask the question, what does nondescript mean? That's journalism right there. Um, but <laughs> there could be a tear, right? I currently am dealing with a shoulder injury where I had a tear and I required surgery. It has been nearly a year um, since I've started physical therapy, since my surgery. And depending on if there is a lot of damage to Julius Randle's shoulder, yeah, we could be talking about a full season. Not that I'm trying to put it in the air, anybody. We're we're just going for three to four weeks. Three to four weeks, guys. Three to four weeks because we cannot do too much damage without Julius Randle in the playoffs. Do you agree or disagree?
0: I mean, I don't think it's going to be as, um, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. Cause I don't think he, he's gonna be out for that long. He's been out for a, he's gonna be out for a few weeks. His his shoulder's gonna heal up, and we're gonna be fine. If anything, we're probably gonna see as much benefits as negatives from him being out, because you know he's not one of our top defenders, and this is just gonna put Josh Hart into the starting five lineup. Obviously. And move OG probably down to the four. Yeah. Anybody who thought Quentin Grimes is going to the starting lineup,
1: no, that's not happening. But
0: his, his minutes are certainly going to increase, which is only going to yes. be more beneficial toward the Knicks. So I'm not really that devastated by this news.
1: Unless Tom Thibodeau plays OG Ananobi and Josh Hart 40 minutes a night. And Ryan Archidiakono. He's not playing. Stop it. Um. Yeah. Um... Did you answer my question? Do you feel like? Probably not. Do you feel like this is going, if Julius Randle. Oh, yeah. If it's going to be devastating in the playoffs. For I'd the say, playoffs without him,
0: yes. Yeah. I, I don't see him being out of the playoffs. But if we had to start the playoffs without him due to like a dislocated shoulder. Mm-hmm. um, I Are, think it, the, the most devastating part aspect of it is that he's going to have to get into rhythm when he does
1: return. Okay. And you let know me, when uh, he's not in rhythm, he doesn't really play very well. Let me ask you another Julius Randle question. Um, how far into the rest of the season can we go without him and not completely derail our seeding hopes? Our, our seeding hopes, I think for me and you, our seeding hopes are about three or fourth seed, right? Or are you second, second? or third seed? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. All right. So wins. you so I'm sticking with it. Are we get are we getting to the second seed with if Randall misses, Julius Randall misses Julius Randle misses more than 30, 30 days? Uh I think if
0: he misses more than thirty days, that would provoke the front office to go and get some help off the bench, which is gonna be a lot more crucial if there's no Julius Randle.
1: There's not much time to do that. The trade deadline NBA trade deadline, as I said last week, is February 8th. Mm -hmm. Um, We got time, though. We are at January
0: 27th. They've been talking to teams and they see, they know what they they need and what they would be, uh, or at least searching for in the trade market, also the buyout market. So Uh, let me quickly list the games. Gordon Hayward is is definitely a
1: contender for a buyout market candidate. Let me quickly list the. the, the teams that we're going to be playing against before February eighth, Hornets, Jazz, Pacers, Lakers, Grizzlies, and then Thursday February eighth we will play the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I don't really see any team there that we can not at least go to toe to toe with without Julius Randle. The Lakers are terrible. The Pacers don't play defense. The Jazz have been playing very well, but they are well. We'll we'll, we'll go. We'll, We'll go into that when we do the previews. Um, Grizzlies still have a G League team. And it's the Mavs, at which we'll, hopefully we'll have a trade before that. So I think if we don't make a move up until the trade deadline, I think we'll be fine. If we don't make a move at all, <laughs> that's when things start to get scary. After the trade deadline, Pacers, again, Rockets, Magic, all right, it's pretty cool, right? We're still good there. 76ers, Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. Pistons, uh, Pelicans, they're pretty good too. Uh, Golden State Warriors, not so good. And yeah, uh, it's its not, we play the 76ers another two times after that. It's not a super easy stretch to say that we're going to get to 50 wins without Julius Randle and without making a move. You're 100% certain that we'll make a move. If he's going to be out for at least a month. If he's going to be out for at least a month. All right. I I have one more question, but before
0: we get to that question. Yeah, before we get to that question, how do you feel about Gordon Hayward being in the buyout
1: market? With no. Kyle Lowry or somebody. Especially Well, if well we that's kind of related right to that's kind of related to my question because my question was gonna to have to, was gonna deal with. Um, who should the Knicks pick up? Right. Like, that, this kind of changes the calculus. We've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, by the way. We've, ta- uh, we've named a couple of our episodes. We've put DeJounte Murray's name in the, in the title whatever like that. Um, you're not a fan of the DeJounte Murray um, edition? Because they want too much. What is too much? Multiple first-round picks. What is multiple first-round picks? At least two or three. And you think two first-round picks is too much? Yes. Okay. Is there anybody that you would pay just two first-round picks for?
0: Not until after we make the trade okay. for the superstar. All right.
1: Other names. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. Pass. You'll pass on that. Um,
0: Terry Rozier got traded to Miami. Bogdan
1: Bogdanovich from the Detroit Pistons. Pass even without Julius Randle. Pass. Okay. Bruce Brown. Pass. Bruce Brown recently traded to the Toronto Raptors and was the backup point guard for the Denver Nuggets who won the championship last year. Still pass. Okay. Um, <laughs> Trey Jones? Is that the right you Jones? Mean Jones? Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Uh, those two are brothers. I was talking about Tyus Jones, who is currently on the terrible Washington Wizards team who only have seven wins. I think they might actually have eight, actually, because they just played the Detroit Pistons. But uh, Tyus Jones, very good point guard, probably a backup point guard um, behind a star point guard, which we have. He's tricky. He's going to want minutes. So that's the
0: only reason I'm going to pass. Why do you say he's going to want minutes? Do you know him personally? I know that if he's starting now and he's going to come off the bench for Jalen Brunson for 10, 15 minutes, he's not going to be happy with that role. And Deuce McBride is playing so well right now. Do we really need to bring in Tyus Jones?
1: Sure. First of all, I completely disagree with your assessment. Why? Because he is a career backup. Tyus Jones. He's not a backup right now, though. He's not a—yeah, just because he's starting right now, that doesn't mean that he has to be a starter. There's a bunch of guys who go from being—coming off the bench to starting in the league, and he's starting for one of the worst teams in the NBA. You think he, he's he'd rather start for the Washington Wizards and their bum-ass team uh, instead of playing for a, a team who's, who's in the top 10 in net rating, top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, behind Jalen Brunson, who's going to be an all-star? Who only has 10 minutes for him to play. It's going to be more than ten minutes if he How plays. How do we know that? Because Jalen Brunson is going to play less than thirty-six minutes if he has somebody who can back him up and be relied upon, just like uh, just like Emmanuel quickly did. He wasn't averaging thirty-six or more when Emmanuel quickly was here. He was averaging thirty-two, thirty-three. Tyus Jones. He's going to play next he's going to, to have Brunson. To share minutes with
0: Deuce McBride though, Deuce unless McBride. you think that Deuce McBride is going to Deuce go McBride, back to being a bench.
1: Deuce McBride's not going to play. I don't think that's true. Why would All you right. re-sign him if he's not going to play? B- besides, we'll talk about this in another episode. We're we going to go way too long on this. Besides Tyus Jones, who—you you said a lot of passes, and these are guys who have been—oh, Alec Burks. they
0: saying that they want to keep him. I'm asking you. If we're giving up something cheap for him, I'll take
1: Alec Burks. Okay. All right, so besides Alec Burks and—, and I can give you a name. Who? You ready? I'm not ready, but go ahead.
0: Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry just got traded for Terry Rozier from Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Veteran presence, championship caliber player. Mm-hmm. He's not at the top of his prime anymore. He's nowhere near his prime. Mm-hmm. But what he I, still has experience. What if I told you that he wants to start?
1: Why? Why do you feel like that? Well, I don't—I've— I don't, Listened to some podcasts and um, heard that part of his, uh, part of the reason he was disgruntled in Miami was because he got pulled from the starting lineup, and it uh, didn't seem to make sense. Because Miami doesn't have a starting point guard. Correct. Um, but there's no way to know whether he really just wants to start or if he doesn't care. And um, yeah, so does that change the calculus for you if that t- turns out to be true? Because I mean, you just broke it up see, for another player.
0: I'm I'm only saying because this is the end of his career. Mm-hmm. For, he shouldn't start, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's not going to start. I and agree. I don't think he wants to start over Jalen Brunson. So, like, I'm pretty certain that if he got an opportunity to be on the Knicks, I think he would be fine with playing backup role. Pa- pa- backup point guard minutes for Jalen Brunson. Villanova guy. mm mm-hmm would fit right in into Tibbs culture. I'm surprised that he never played for Tibbs before. I think he would fit in perfectly and he won't need to play a bunch of minutes. He can coach guys up on the bench. He can be a great mentor for Deuce McBride and maybe a guy like Gordon Hayward as well.
1: I like Kyle, Kyle Lowry. I don't know if, I don't know if his contract, um, plays into the, the front office, uh, the of front office's plans as far as like wanting to flip whoever they get for somebody else. I don't know. I don't know if they haven't um, bought him out yet, correct? No. I don't know what kind of offers they're getting for Kyle Lowry. If they are going to trade him. Um, and if there's another team like the Sixers who are willing to put out something decent. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not matching that. So if there's nobody trying to get him then yeah sure go go see see if you could get Kyle Lowry on the cheap he would be a great fit coming off of the bench for us Um I just don't see that happening Um if I was running the front office and I heard that Kyle Lowry might be going to an Eastern Conference team like the Philadelphia 76ers I would be like alright listen what y'all want how how do we keep him away from Philly That's just me I don't think that I think that Leon Rose is shown to be a shrewd uh, general manager, a shrewd um, you know team president, and he's not willing to make sacrifices that go against the goals of the team, and I want him to do whatever he thinks is best. But just like with DeJounte Murray, I feel the same way for DeJounte Murray. I'd rather have DeJounte Murray on our team, even if the fit ain't great. I'd rather have him than have him go to one of these Eastern Conference teams that's ahead of us. I'd rather I'd, – I'd, I don't
0: see which one of these teams is going to make that package that we can't. Well, first of all, I don't Philly see can. like there being a package for, for Kyle Lowry. I, I don't see it being right. a crazy package. For Dejounte Murray, I probably see the Pelicans making more of a package for him than anything else.
1: Um, Philly, has, Philly has a package. Like they, they, Let me just say this. They, they don't have all of the same... They don't have the amount of picks the Knicks do, but they have enough to make a package that the Knicks can say no to. If, if they were to try to match it. Um, I don't see... I don't um, Pelicans ain't on the Eastern Conference, so um, I'm not worried about Pelicans. Uh, I'm really just worried about the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm worried about the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Bucks can't really give up a good package. Knicks, Knicks can match whatever the Bucks can do. Um, but... L- let's just get back to who. I like Kyle Lowry. Obviously, I like DeJounte Murray, even though I understand why a bunch of people don't. I just think that he had a defensive reputation in the past, and I think that he's six five and has a long wingspan, and he's going to have OG Ananobi behind him. And Mitch. And either Mitchell Robinson yeah. or Isaiah Hartenstein. That's, those, are, those are some things that the Atlanta Hawks don't have. And Jalen Brunson is bigger than Trey Young and stronger. So... And DeJounte Murray's three-point percentage has gone up every year um, over the past, you know, since he's been injured, since 2019. Um, I just don't hate it as much as a lot of people, other people do. And, you know, if he goes to the Western Conference, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to see him still in the Eastern Conference on another team. And then that team starts to get better. And now that's another team that we have to... F- square off against in the playoffs and hope that we can, we can get past them, especially without a Julius Randle. But a little, I'm done talking with, about, unless you have another name that you want to ask me about. Nah. I don't, I don't, there's, no, there's nobody that I really love. I'm, I'm right. really good with just standing pat, if so anything. I, I wanted to ask you that because I want to okay, cool. Let's say we don't make that move. As we are. Julius Randle comes back 30 days from now. He comes back healthy, still, still still trucking guys, still getting to the rim, still knocking down threes. He's back to normal. We finish off the season. We make it to the playoffs. You say two seed. Let's say that they don't make it to the two seed. Let's say they catch up to Philly. They get to the three seed. How far do you think that the New York Knicks can make it? Are they a dark horse contender to come out of the Eastern Conference? I think
0: if anything happens with Boston, any injury, Porzingis sprained ankle, Mm -hmm. Tatum sprained ankle, Mm -hmm. Tatum, I mean, uh, Jalen Brown migraine, Mm -hmm. tummy ache, anything. Knicks are going to the finals.
1: We're jumping the gun. (laughs) We're officially jumping
0: the gun. I'm going to call it.
1: Uncle Ian... I did
0: not say that. I'm calling it. <laughs> anything, anything happened, they go into the
1: finals. You have no fear that the Milwaukee Bucks, who recently acquired and fired their head coach and acquired Doc Rivers, AKA Croc Rivers, because what he does in the seventh, round, seventh game of a uh, seven game series, Croc, anyway. Um, If Tatum step off the curb the wrong way... You're not scared of the Milwaukee Bucks. Tatum is not on the Bucks. If Al Horford gets (laughs) out of the bed with cramps... He's still on the Boston Celtics. Uh, You're not scared of the Bucks is my question to you, sir. You're not scared of the Bucks. You're not scared of the Sixers. Listen, if Jalen Brown
0: gets a haircut cut the wrong way and he starts rubbing off the teammate's
1: aura... Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) my brother. It's uh, over. My brother, French. I'm not worried about
0: the Philly Sixers. I'm not worried about the Sixers. I'm not worried about the
1: Bucs. The only team in the Eastern Conference he is scared of for the New York Knicks is the Boston Celtics. Scared is a strong word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is they better be perfect (laughs) because the Knicks can match up with anybody. We haven't faced off with Boston with OG and Anobi yet. And right, we have it. You're correct. That that's something that's when we see when we see them again. I feel like I'm gonna even I'm I'm probably even gonna double down because I'm not afraid of Boston. I'm, I respect them because they're the best team in the NBA.
1: We faced the Boston Celtics on April 11th. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. Um, and we also faced them February 24th. But hopefully for that April 11th game, we'll have a full roster. Hopefully. uh, With Julius Rand. Hopefully we'll have a full roster on February 24th. But I'm not, you know, let's see. Let's see how that goes. Hopefully Boston and Miami play in the second round. Hopefully Boston and Miami play in the second round.
0: Because what's Miami's reputation? They're going to injure your best player, <laughs> sprain their ankle, and then send them out to their conference finals to get finished
1: off. That's what's going to happen. All right, listen. I'm going to give it to you, right? If the Knicks are the three seed, that means that they'll be facing off against what? The six seed? hmm Currently, the six seed. Actually, it could be any of these teams. It could be the Cavs. It could be the Pacers. It could be the Heat. It could be the Magic. I'm going to venture a guess and say it's going to be the Pacers. I think the Heat are not catching up to anybody. They may even end up the eighth seed behind the Magic, but I'm I'm not there yet. I like a matchup against the Pacers, who don't play great defense. They recently picked up Pascal Siakam. I think if Julius Randle's healthy, he's going to look at Pascal Siakam, and he's going to put his bib on. And he's going to say, all right, I see some barbecue chicken in front of me. I'm gonna, I'm about to tear that shit up. And um, Halliburton is a tall point guard. We're going to put OG Ananobi on him. We're going to slow that, you know, offense right on down. And they're not going to be able to defend Jalen Brunson. So I like a matchup against the Pacers. In order for the Celtics to face the Heat in the second round... I don't see it, bro. The Heat would have to stay 7th. No. it could have It's still they, early in the they season. They would have to get up to 5th and, and face off against the 4th seed, and that's how they would face the Celtics in the 2nd round. Otherwise, they would have to face them in the 1st round if they're the 8th seed. Because the 2nd and 3rd seed, whoever wins between... If the Knicks get past the second for first round, they would face off against the Bucs or the Sixers, whoever's the two-seed, in the second round. So the Celtics, we, yeah, no. It, there's no way that would happen. Um, I would want to see the Heat play the Celtics in the first round for sure and uh, hope that they do the same dirty tactics against them. Uh, Porzingis probably goes out because Porzingis is the most injury-prone out of those guys. Um if not him, uh, I'd like to see Drew, Drew Holiday go out. I'm, no, right, We're not going to start wishing injury on a <laughs> I'm Boston not wishing Celtics. injury, but, you know, they're playing against the Heat, right? <laughs> and, and, against any other team, I'm, I'm like, all right, listen, I'm, this is this is not wishing. This is kind of predictions. Like, it sounds like a Christmas list. No, no, no. It's predictions. It's predictions, like, yo, Miami, right? If they're playing against Boston, uh, you know, Porzingis might go out. If it's not Porzingis, <laughs> then it might be Drew Holiday. Like, they're going to target one of those two, okay. right? We already know how it's going to go. I don't hope that that's what's going to happen, but we're talking about Miami. They don't play fair. Um, and in that instance, um, Boston probably will limp their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if they're still limping going into the Eastern Conference Finals, then maybe I could see the Knicks coming out. Maybe. I, I think the Knicks would still have trouble going up against... The Milwaukee Bucks. If Doc Rivers got them playing right, you don't have. Hey, all right. You listen. You this is this is why I called this episode "Jumping the Gun" because the Knicks are not. Listen, bro. I looked at several uh, articles in the past couple days. Okay. And for the first time all season, the Knicks are in a tier that is right below contenders. Mm-hmm. It's the first time all year. All year is like contenders. You got Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, Oklahoma City Thunder, um, Phoenix Suns, who are starting to write to their sheep, ship, Los Angeles Clippers. All of these teams are, have been listed at some point throughout the season. Knicks never. And then after that is almost contenders, Miami Heat, uh, Indiana Pacers, Orlando Magic, da-da-da. Once again, this is a tier that the Knicks have never been in, even when they were playing really well earlier this season. This is the first time all season that the Knicks have been considered almost contenders. And for good reason. Since they've traded for OG Ananobi, their defense has been top two in the entire league, behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, barely. They may even be ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers for all I know right now. Um, Their offense has ticked up. They're top 10 in both offense and defense. Net rating, which calculates how much you're beating teams by or losing to teams by based on your offensive and defensive rating. They have the second net net rating right now. (sighs) The Knicks are playing championship-level basketball right now. But you know how we've been concerned with the playmaking when Jalen Brunson is not on the court, it scares the hell out of me. It scares the hell out of me. Remember what happened in game six against the Miami Heat? Mm -hmm. We didn't have Emmanuel Mm quickly, and we threw Deuce McBride out there. Mm -hmm. Lost us the game.
0: You know who else we didn't have out there? OG Ananobi. Right. But that— I feel like he's the difference maker of this season right here. That's why I'm ready to jump the gun, jump out the window, because last year— we were almost contenders. Last, last year was the year that we were almost
1: contenders. We You've were been one jumping the game, gun for 365 days. We
0: was one game away <laughs> from game seven in, in New York against Miami Heat. And who knows what would have happened had Jalen Brunson just passed it off to Josh Hardy hits that three
1: forces game seven. Let, let me just I'm going take this opportunity to take a shot at my uncle. I asked him, who was the best player in that series? What what do you think his answer was? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Who was actually the best player in that Miami Heat series? Jalen Brunson. 100%. Even Eric Spolstra thought that he was the best player. And the only reason why the Knicks lost that series is because he didn't have offensive creation behind him. Um, and we still don't. Yeah, we do. We still don't have offensive creation behind it. We have better defense that leads to offensive creation. Um, We do have better defense. I'll just say this. We don't lose to the Miami Heat with this team. I'll agree with you there. We don't lose to that Miami Heat team with this New York Knicks team because we have Dante DiVincenzo and because we have OG and Anobi. But I'm not saying that the Knicks are going past Miami and then going past the Boston Celtics to go to the finals after that. I'm definitely not saying that they took that that series went seven, right? Miami versus Boston. Yep. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh, Could we probably do that with this team? Probably this year's Boston Celtics team is way better than that Boston Celtics team. So, and so are other teams in the, in the entire NBA. I cannot let me choose my words carefully. I cannot call the Knicks contenders yet because anything happens to Jalen Brunson, we're not winning a single game. I'm just say the same thing about every other contender. No, you can't. You really can't. You really can't. Because remember when Luka Doncic was injured to start that series and he had Jalen Brunson next time? And Jalen Brunson stepped up and whatever. And now he has Kyrie Irving, right? Phoenix Suns. Still not contenders. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they're not going to win. Like, if in the first round, Jalen Brunson has to miss four games, we're probably getting swept. And you can't say that about these contenders. They can miss a guy for four games and at least win one, two, maybe even three games without them. You can't say that about this team, especially because they don't have the backup to Jalen Brunson. And we tried to we saw what it looked like with Julius Randle as the guy to try to man man the offense. Didn't work. So I am not ready to say that the Knicks are dark horse contenders until they make a move to shore that up. Until they make a move so where we could where Jalen Brunson doesn't have to play 36, 38, 40 minutes in order for us to get a win. We need him to play down back to where he was before, 32, 33. Hopefully, he can still get to that 30-point threshold that he has had since his minutes have gone up. And then we still, we can have him. All right, go take a rest. And we still hold the lead because we got that guy. Like, it doesn't have to be a, I like DeJounte Murray. I think he could, his pick-and-roll numbers are similar to Jalen Brunson's. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. doesn't have to be him. It could be, could be Ty Jones, could be Malcolm Brogdon, whatever. Just need somebody to, Hold the fort down. Real quick. Quick question. This ain't a quick quick uh, conversation,
0: but go ahead. <laughs> All those Cleveland Cavalier teams with LeBron James. Uh-huh. If you take him out, out of the lineup, are they still contenders? Any one of them. Kyrie. Listen. Before he went to Miami. I understand what you're asking me. If you take Jordan off of any of them teams, are they still contenders? I know what you're asking
1: me. I get it. Iverson. Those are those. Those are Kobe. exceptions to the rule, <laughs> right? We are talking about like that's like asking if you take Jokic off of the Nuggets, are they are they championship content? Like, Check. but that's not what I'm saying. Okay, okay. What I'm saying is, like, even those teams, they had enough talent. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of those LeBron teams, the Miami Heat, LeBron teams. They could have went without LeBron for three games and not been like, okay, they have to win every single game now. because Harden? I feel like you're trying to <laughs> set me off and I'm not going to fall for it. Right? I'm All I'm going to say, all I'm gonna you say can't is... not they're not contenders because Brunson no, no, no. can't sit I, out. I know. What I'm saying is they need one more piece and it doesn't have to be a star before I call them a dark horse contender. That's all I'm saying. They need one more player... To shore up that that glaring hole that is so glaring that I can see us in the playoffs losing games because of it. Right? Regardless of whether Brunson's playing or not. Regardless of whether he's playing or not, once he comes off the court, if the other team is like, yo, we're gonna score, like the like if the if the other team is offensively good enough to take advantage of our very good defensive bench, that could lose us a series. That's all I'm saying. Right? That's all I'm saying. It, it, that's all it takes five minutes three minutes of deuce mcbride lost us a game that's it that's all i'm saying like shore up that part and i'm willing to call them dark horse contenders right you get them a star then you could call them contender contenders right but we, we're not doing that in, in before the trade deadline we're just saying shore up that hole and I'm, then I'm willing to call them dark horse contenders because offensively, they're great. Defensively, they're great. They have their starting line, their starting five, checks all the boxes. They can shoot, they can defend, they can score, they pass, fast break, half court, everything. It's that bench that
0: I'm worried about. The bench is balling. The bench, Deuce McBride <laughs> is much better this year than he was last year. I agree. Much better shooter, much much more consistent shooter, free throw shooter, defender still. I, I don't really see the bench being such a, a glaring need to address There's, in these games that we've been playing so far i'm going to i'm going to say this and it's not like we've just been playing bad teams
1: i'm going to say this and then we're going to move on to the weekly preview okay okay because we haven't talked about deuce in depth we just talked i just kind of shitted on deuce and i don't want to shit on deuce cuz i like deuce every time he's he's out there on the court and he throws up a three and it goes down i'm yelling deuce yeah. and you see the garden deuce one of my favorite players on this team he defends hard He's been knocking down his three. He's been doing what what he needs to do, except for running the offense. Every time that we give the ball to Deuce McBride to run the offense, he dribbles the ball around, tries to find holes in the defense, and then he has to chuck up a three, or he turns the ball over. You think that's going to get better in the playoffs when defenses are tuned into what you do offensively?
0: Divincenzo can run the show, and Deuce McBride can still play— great defense on the opposing
1: scenes back point guard if Tom it's if Tom tip listen I agree with you I think DiVincenzo Vincenzo could do that but the problem is he starts and you know who would be who would make this whole thing where I'm concerned about the bench you know how how what switch could be made to where I feel a little bit better about it if Quentin Grimes was starting because then you have DiVincenzo coming off the bench, and then you have a guy, maybe not a point guard, but he can run the offense, and now I'm not worried why Jalen Brunson's playing 36, 38, 40, 42 minutes, right? The reason why I don't see it being an issue that DiVincenzo
0: starts is because starters, you, he could be the first starter off the off the court, and then now he's playing his his minutes with the bench unit when he comes back into the lineup. Like Grimes could come in for him, then when Brunson Brunson comes out, DiVincenzo comes right back in for him. We're not with Deuce McBride, and that's still a, a formidable lineup that you can get scoring and defense. We're
1: not we're not doing be perfectly fine. We're not doing that now. So, and I don't expect us to ever do it because if we could have done it, we would have done it. Tom Thibodeau doesn't feel comfortable doing it, and that's why we have these lineups with Deuce McBride, Josh Hart. OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, and, um, did I say say Grimes? I think so. And Quentin Grimes. Um, that's why we have these lineups. I didn't say Grimes. Um, he doesn't have, he doesn't have him out there with those guys. So, Tom Thibodeau isn't isn't confident in it. That's why we haven't seen it. That's why it's not going to happen. That's why it's not going to happen in the playoffs. Um... So, anyway, we'll see. Let's let's run through these upcoming games real quick cuz we're already at an hour. Um next four games come against very beatable teams. I listed them off earlier. Let's get into it. Uh I see that French put here 10 game win streak very close to the 12-game win streak that he predicted earlier in the season. Let's see if they can do it without Julius Randle.
0: I mean, we won six straight and the next four games coming up next week are against very beatable opponents. And so. who, who's the next team that we're playing on, on Monday? Next team we're playing, the only game that we're not going to be playing in the Garden this year, the Knicks are going down to Charlotte to face off against the Hornets mm-hmm. on Monday, January 29th, 7 p.m. I think,
1: I think. You think. Hornets are gonna leave with a foot in the ass. What do you think? I agree with you, because they're not good. The Charlotte, <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets are 13th in the Eastern Conference with a 10-33 record. If the Knicks lose this game, I will be highly upset, even without Julius Randle. So, uh after that game, the Knicks will be facing off against the Utah Jazz. On January thirtieth, the very next game, second game of a back to back at seven thirty PM, uh, the Utah Jazz has turned their season around with the return of Laurie Malkinen, who returned against us. And ever since they beat us in that game when back when they had a losing record, they've gone on they've <laughs> gone on a sixteen to seven win loss uh stretch. Uh, and most of those losses, though, have uh, happened recently. They, I think they've lost about three or four games recently. Uh, this is the second night of a back-to-back for us, and I believe it's the second night of a back-to-back for them. And with that being said, because both of them should be equally tired mm-hmm. and the Knicks will be at home, I think that the Jazz are going to leave with a foot in the ass, just like the Charlotte Hornets did. Okay. And the next game... Hold on. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, my bad. You didn't agree, disagree, nothing. You just tried to skate on over
0: it. <laughs> I was still thinking about it, too. I don't know why I tried to move on, but I don't know. Utah always scares me because they're always the team that matches the Knicks' energy perfectly, mm-hmm. I felt like. Even if they don't have, like, the names on the team, they definitely played. Like, the last game in Utah, I remember they scored, I think, every field goal in the first quarter off an assist. right. And they still were playing defense. And then Colin Sexton comes off the bench and was lighting us up. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, the Knicks did play a little lackadaisical with that game. So I do think this is their chance to get payback. They're at home. They're on a winning streak. Seven-game winning streak is on the line at this point. So no foot in the ass, but you think the Knicks are going to win. The Knicks are going to win, yeah, for sure. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, for sure. It's
1: not going to be a blowout. Let me just list the names of the teams that the Jazz have lost to. Jazz have beaten the Hornets today, on Saturday. This Today, we're recording this on Saturday. They beat the Washington Wizards, who everybody has beaten. They lost to the Pelicans. They lost to the Rockets. They lost to the Thunder. And... Yeah, those are those 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 are some respectable teams. So, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. I, I maybe I'm a little exaggerating with the foot and ass, but they didn't play us when we had OG and Obi, as you said earlier. So, that's why I'm kind of, um, yeah, I'm good with that. All right,
0: now you can move on. So the next game, the Knicks are going to be facing off against the Indiana Pacers Thursday, February first at seven thirty p.m. Um, right now, currently they're on a two-game winning streak facing off, well they just beat um phoenix they beat philly mm-hmm. and they're going to be facing off against memphis and boston before they come to new york i don't know this one's a little tricky one for me because they're one of the best scoring teams in the nba they don't play any defense they just signed or they just traded for pascal siakam we don't have randall this could be where the the streak ends in my opinion, Hmm.
1: I think the Knicks are going to lose this game. What do you think? Man, After all that. They beating the Pacers. If only because everybody voted for Halliburton. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that. That's my mom coughing in the background. Hi, mom. Um... Uh, Yeah, Halliburton was probably universally declared an all-star starter and Jalen Brunson, which we didn't even discuss. That's how long we were going. Jalen Brunson was not even was not even voted as a starter for the all-star game behind um, Damian Lillard, who it was close. It was close. (laughs) They were actually tied. And the tiebreaker was the fan vote. And. um, It's not a that's not a slight at the fans. I know I said earlier, yo, you guys got to go vote more. I understand that there is a media driven, uh, what, what word am I trying to think? That, agenda. The media, yeah. Propaganda. Uh, yes, yes. Media driven agenda to downplay anything for New York Knicks and Jalen Brunson and, oh, he's not a star, da, da da How many times do you think people are going to hear that a guy is not a star? And then when you have Damian Lillard and you have uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who've all been called stars, how many of those guys are going to vote? For Jalen Brunson after that, right,
0: and the reason that they said that Jalen Brunson's not a one A superstar is because of his size. And then Damian Lillard, who's smaller than Jalen Brunson, is the All Star and Has always been
1: recognized as a superstar. Trey Young has always gotten that respect. So the thing that I that I that I saw, and I'm gonna just say this real quickly because we're we're over, uh, the players voted yeah. Tyrese Maxey second over Jalen Brunson. Yeah, there's a lot of airheads as players. The only ones who got it right was the media. The same ones who are like, "Oh, the Knicks don't have a one A star." That, but y'all voted him number two behind Tyrese Halliburton. So obviously, you knew when you were saying all of the dumb ish that you guys were saying all season for no reason when the Knicks were playing well that he deserves to be an All Star. But you wanted to downplay the game that he that the the amazing season that he's had. <sighs> now that I've got that out of my off my chest, so. Knicks are going to beat the Indiana Pacers because Jalen Brunson has not has his own agenda that he wants to push. And that is, he's better than all y'all. All All right, y'all. That's how we're going to end this show. Um, Please make sure you guys comment, subscribe. Make sure that you guys uh, listen, though. How many comments Did we get in the last video Did you see Yo I ain't gonna lie We went from
0: 2,000 subscribers To 10,000 Yeah Had 20,000 videos and sli- With, and with the, viewers And And the comments ain't ain't hitting 15,000 viewers on another video And there ain't
1: well, no well, comments well, What's going on We got polls up there Some of y'all are going on the polls I was, I'm seeing I'm seeing something uh, I'm, I'm seeing everything Views going up Subscribers But y'all have to do Y'all do diligence on, And man. comment And all of that stuff I know y'all disagree With something we saying up here Yeah yeah, gonna say especially him oh, Especially him oh, Just hit the mic Sorry um, Especially <laughs> my brother French pro host uh, Yeah If y'all got something To, to disagree uh, Somebody said that I, I'm RJ's agent Maybe I am Why don't you Come at me bro um, Anyway let, Let's hear some more Stuff from you guys Uh we appreciate you guys for viewing. We appreciate you guys for watching all that stuff. Well, anyway, but we're still trying to grow. Mm-hmm. I know if you guys want to hear more of us, we need that engagement from you. So please do so.
0: Thank y'all for subscribing. We we do appreciate y'all showing up and showing the love. We got 10,000 subscribers now. Like, let's keep it going. Let's keep it growing. Let's keep, keep growing. it going for sure. Um, with all that being said, we'd like to bid you adieu. Thank, Thank you for, for listening to the Next, next State podcast. podcast. Peace out. Y'all. Behind the of the